Good evening. Thank you for coming. Um, we continued after our brief hiatus going back to uh, some of the halachot of benching alakos. Actually, I remember when I was in YU one year, so on Friday nights, they would have uh, like one of the Russia yeshiva who stayed in for Shabbos. they give like a small shear, like something little on the parsha after the meal. And I remember uh, one time Rav Rosenzweig was in for Shabbos and everyone sat down assuming he'd speak about the parsha for 20 minutes, maybe a half hour. And he gave an hour shear on mechamir. Mechamir, a very technical area of halacha when it comes to Shabbos, doing malacha with your animals. And everyone was kind of like, wow, that's, that's like a little much for this slot. Okay, fine. They powered through or they fell asleep where they left. I don't know. But the next year he came back for Shabbos and he starts Friday nights and everyone's like, he's never going to do this again. He says, okay, we last left off in Mechamer and it had been a year since that last year and we all fell for it again. So new, new. So we had, you said uh, February 20th was the last time we had discussed these halachot. But last night we talked about the necessity for the coast to uh, be pure in that it was, it's not pagum, it's not blemished and that no one drank from it before. And we mentioned that it would only be a problem if a person uh, drank directly from the cup. But if, but if they, a person had a cup of wine and they spilled it out into another kli, into another utensil, that would be fine, that wouldn't be blemished. And if they were to spill it into their hand, that would be okay. And the Mishaburah says not only that, but even if, uh, even if he were to taste it, meaning he put his finger in the cup, and then he tasted it, that also would not be considered a blemish. So Michael and I were talking about after the, uh, the uh, little Dvar Halacha, we were trying to figure out, like, what are these cases where you're pouring it on your finger, and you're, you're putting your finger in the cup? What, what is this case? So Michael actually pointed out, so at the Seder, at the Seder, right, we have the minug that we put our finger uh, in the cup. Some have the minug actually to spill it out, and I think the Halacha is that if you're an istinist, if you're a finicky, so you don't have to actually use your fingers, you could use like a utensil, whatever it is, but many people put their finger in their cup and they remove some wine when we go over the, uh, the Eser Mako, the ten plagues. So Michael said that his minog is to then refill uh, the cup. So uh, first of all, I don't know, I had never done that before. So I, that doesn't mean it's right, right? But I had never done that before. By show of hands, usually you refill the cup, yeah? So some do, some don't, okay. So right, so that's what Michael said, that in some Haggadahs it says that you should. So I told Michael, okay, great, I'm going to do some research. So I did a little research, not enough research, and you may be wondering, why are you up here then if you didn't get to the bottom of it? But it seems like some do have the minog to refill the cup, but not because it's a kos pagum, not because the cup is blemished in any which way, because we said even if you were to put your finger in there and then taste the wine, it would be a problem. The issue is that you want to make sure that you have a full cup. Or, or there's some other issue, I think this is brought down by the Knesset Agadola, that he actually would spill out the entire wine, right, which is wild, right, meaning you don't want to use this cup where you removed wine at all, so they spill out all of the wine and then they put in new wine altogether. That I don't think anyone here has the minute, right? Okay, so fine. But maybe that's a case where these halakha would come up. But again, we've established that that wouldn't make it pugum, so that wouldn't be the issue. It's not that it's blemished. There might be some sort of ancillary concern. One other area I was thinking about in halakha, and it obviously wouldn't apply over here, but there is a little bit of a dispute as to what happens under a chuppah. So you have the rabbi who's acting as Masadar Kiddushin, and he gets up and he says the bracha on the erusin. Right? It's a whole nice flowery bracha. Thank you, Hashem. You've created this mitzvah and you've made women, uh, these women who are uh, forbidden to us. And now through chuppah and kiddushin, we can make a woman muterit to us, fine, so on and so forth. And then we give some wine to the groom. We usually tell the groom, give your you know, wife uh, something to drink. And then he takes a drink. Good. The question is, does the Masada kiddushin need to drink as well? 
So without getting into all the details of why he should or why he shouldn't, it seems like the uh, common Ashkenazic practice is that the Masada Kedushin does not drink any wine. But they tell stories. They tell these stories of, let's say, Rav Chaim, Chaim Salvechik. He wanted to make sure that he could fulfill all opinions. So what would he do? He would, before he would hand it off, he would spill a little bit of the wine onto his finger, and then he would taste the wine from his finger, and then it would go to the bride and the groom. So that way he's not drinking directly from the cup, and they're still drinking, and he's drinking, and everyone lives happily ever after. So there again, maybe we would argue, oh, but it's a kos pagum. So we'd say, no, because if it's tasting just from the finger, it's not going to be considered a blemished cup. It happens to be the Grizz, the son of Rav Chaim Salvechik, said he never saw his father do it, so he doesn't think it's true altogether. But there are others who say it in the name of Rav Chaim, and others who say it on their own, that maybe that's what we should do. But those would be two interesting situations uh, where fingers are involved with drinking, and nevertheless, we would say the issue isn't going to be pagum, even though it might be something else. One other interesting thing, just because I was doing more research, uh, let's say, let's say you're not drinking directly from the coast, meaning someone took a drink from this wine, but what they did was they held it above you know, their, their mouth. They were doing, I don't know, a fun party trick. So the cup never touched their mouth. The wine only came via a stream into the person's mouth. They never touched the cup. So that seems to be machloket among the achronim. So one opinion says, it's a problem. If you're drinking from the cup in a direct way, and it's going uh, you know, directly from the cup to your mouth, even if it, your mouth isn't touching the cup, it would still be problematic. The other one says, no, it has to be specifically where your mouth is on the cup to the point where someone wouldn't want to drink after you. Okay, so we'll see that that also seems to depend on who's at the table, right? But this might come into play as well. So they say that it would be dependent uh, on that. So two different opinions. You learn a little bit about tasting wine with fingers, and uh, I think we've accomplished a lot. I, it feels great to be back. I don't know about you guys. Rabbi Chanan, Amir